A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome back to this World Game Changes podcast episode. Pleased to say a returning guest for the second in our, if you call it a mini-series of Change Your Mind, Change Your Life, featuring Wayne Donnelly from Australia. Wayne, a very warm welcome to you once again, sir. Ah, thank you, Paul. Great to be here again. So this second one, Change Your Mind, Change Your Life. Um, I mean, this as soon as we mentioned the word mind, um, let alone the word life, I mean, those two words, Wayne, they conjure up so much. I mean, it's just vast, isn't it? You know, the mind. You, if, if you throw the word mind at someone, I mean, literally, they could go off in a trillion different directions around what their thoughts are, what their beliefs are, what their needs are, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we're not going to be short of any kind of landscape to paint here. But I want to try and narrow it down, if I can, and make it really practical for our listeners, uh, Wade, and particularly your your group of working with men. So let's kind of set the scene with that. We'll, you know, let, let's really try and get a bit focused and narrow this down. So let's start with beliefs. So we have this thing called a mind, Wayne, and this thing called a mind. I think we've all got one as a human, apparently. I sometimes wonder. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's been parts of my life where I've often wondered, have I really got a mind? And if I have, is it my own? But anyway, that's another story. Ooh, <laughs> uh, that's that's going back many many moons ago, Wayne. When uh, I think it's fair to say the demon drink had a very very profound influence in my life. But uh, yeah, it um, were probably meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this this thing around beliefs. Give us start us off, Wayne, if you will, around and, and let's try and tailor this towards your kind of client group, your expertise that you deal with with men. Beliefs. What part does that play in, in our world as men? Wow, that's a, a really powerful question. The old saying is that whatever we believe to be true is true for us. So then we look at our self-image, especially for men. And you think of the concepts, what do guys usually do? They say, when you ask them, oh, who are you? They're going to come back with their job title. They're not going to come back, oh, this gets really deep. So we pull off that layer. Oh, look, I'm, I'm a, a husband. Well, let's pull off that layer. I'm a father. Let's pull off that layer. I'm a sibling. and they're parts that you play in your life. They're not who you are. So who? So we, we you drill down. Who are you? Why are you here? Who are you really? Because if we if we lose a finger, we're still here. You lose a foot, you're still here. You have a heart transplant, and you're still here. Who are you? 
So belief is, um, that's probably drifted straight off onto a different tangent. But if we, if we believe, okay, belief, when we look at other aspects of our life, I think it was uh, Maxwell Maltz in uh, Psycho-Cybernetics was saying that you cannot outperform your beliefs about yourself. So if you think you're royalty, you will perform exactly to what that belief is you have about royalty. They could not be they could not be common people because that's just not in their belief system and vice versa. Or if you believe that you can only earn a certain amount of income, that's all you're going to earn. Now, when we are looking at changing minds to change uh, to change lives, what we have to do is raise the belief so we can raise the performance of what is happening in, in um, someone's life, uh, in any aspect of life, whether they believe it's about income or it's about health or it's about their ability to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve, achieve in life, uh, a certain partner, to be able to live in a, a certain home, a certain place, or have success in their business or not. It all comes back to the beliefs that are inside and that image they hold of themselves. And while they believe that to be true, it will stay the same. And it's only going to change when the beliefs change and we can access that unconscious mind or subconscious mind or other than conscious mind so that we can break that pathway and remake it into what it is that that person wants to achieve, I mean, whether it's income, health, relationships, um, scholarly achievements, whatever. It's pretty fascinating stuff, Paul. It is indeed, yeah, the power of beliefs. I mean... I know I've shared this before, Wayne, on, on other podcast episodes, um, but it, it, it is deeply influential more than, I think, you know, unless we don't know what we don't know. And unless we have conversations like this with, with people generally, with clients, whatever the description is, you know, and that's part, surely that's part of our responsibility as practitioners to raise that awareness that we do have choices. You know, I, I coin a phrase, do not let tail wag dog. And what mm. I mean by that is this beautiful thing we've got up here uh, called a mine, which is a house in, uh, is the house for the belief system, um, is for me the metaphoric tail. It's not the dog. We are the dog. But isn't it true that human nature, and I'm offering a massive generalization here, and of course, you know, as you know, Wayne, as practitioners, we shouldn't generalize and you shouldn't stereotype and we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that. Oh, um, yes. However, however, you know, um, podcast host license, I am going to and sort of say that, you know, unless we really know about the rules of the game, for want of a, you know, I, I liken it on, you know, to a game we play. And, and it brings in that question of identity. Who am I? Well, for me, I'm a beautiful soul. I'm a beautiful soul. I'm like a blank canvas. And I love your example about losing a finger or losing a, 
you know, a digit on your toe or what have you. So those don't define who we are. And I think part of, well, I'll take, I was going to say our responsibility, the royal we there, Wayne, I've got no right to do that. But I'll take responsibility and say, for me as a practitioner in the conversations I have with people, whether it's personal or professional, is to kind of raise that awareness that, you know, we are so much more than our mind. Our mind is a vital part of us. It's the tail on the dog, but it's certainly not the dog. And I think that's a very subtle switch that, you know, in terms of the stories we tell ourselves, that can help us so much more. Any thoughts around that, Wayne? Yeah, I I think this might be able to to help you. So if we think we've got a conscious and an unconscious mind, the conscious mind is the world of logic and reason, and they say it can only, uh, it's aware of about seven bits of information a second. So you and viewers can be watching me here, they can, hear the words that I'm saying and watch my hands waving about, and yet they won't be aware of the feeling of their left foot on the floor until I bring their conscious awareness to it. Your unconscious mind is aware of pretty much everything at all times. It's looking after your heart rate, blood temperature. It notices the flowers in the background, the lid on that thing, all the different shades and variances uh, and hues all over uh, the wall behind me and maybe some other things as well and, and, and a sense of all the nonverbal signals as well. And the language of the unconscious mind is symbols and emotions. So we buy with emotions and justify with logic afterwards. That's <laughs> the, old, the old thing. So what the unconscious mind is, what it's got is power because once the programs are in there, man, they're going to go. However, it's got no ability to set the direction. Conscious mind, however, we can choose the direction or the goal that we would like to have and through because logically we know, right, we want to get to this sort of goal. And to communicate to the unconscious mind that we want to get there, we set the goal and then the unconscious mind will create the power, the direction to get to that goal. So long as we've communicated to the unconscious mind with symbols and emotions, that that's the goal that we want to get to. So when we're uh, working, when I'm working with people, we get in this place called well-formed outcomes. So you create a picture or a movie of the desired outcome and you load it with the symbols and emotions and that will magnetise the unconscious mind to take you there. So that's one aspect of it. So you've got the power on one side at the unconscious, but you've got the direction steering is, is in the conscious mind. So um, the unconscious mind is often referred to as the gatekeeper, like the secretary, who will give you or not give you access to the managing director. Mm. So it's pretty interesting stuff. And then the other thing is that the unconscious mind 
where the programs are and the habits, the neurological pathways that say, say, right, this is this is what we do, like our habits and beliefs and so on in the neurological pathways. And so it's just going to race along with those. Say if we do something in a certain way with our our habits, like the way we drive a car, the way we get out of bed, our our rituals that we do every morning during the day, and it's sort of like for some people Groundhog Day because they're just in that that pattern. That's the power of the unconscious mind, just that certainty. Yeah, like we'll just go on this and we don't even think about it. And yet when we stop and think about it and we want to change that pattern, that's going to require some work on our part to either habituate a new pattern or to have some intervention with hypnosis, NLP, tapping or other modalities to create a change so we can go from that pattern and end up in another pattern that takes us to where we want to be. At the risk of splitting metaphors of using, you know, the analogy of a dog in a tail, let's put it in the context of a computer, Wayne. Is it true to say that actually our subconscious is like the C drive on the computer and we can pick viruses up? It's deep stuff. So, you know, there might be a typo. We might be typing a document up and we look at it on screen and, oh, there's a typo on there. We can change that. That's very easy. It's superficial. But if the program's corrupt, we can type away all we like, but it ain't going to change it. So we have to go in the C drive and remove the virus and change the yes. program. And what I've also found with that, Wayne, is, is the simplicity of that. And I, I say that word tongue in cheek because, you know, as we know, conditioning comes into it and, you know, habit changing and all that. Um, all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, to actually go in there and and be aware that we really do, because isn't it true that the subconscious essentially is quite a simple, it was a bit of a paradox, it's quite a simple mechanism. It responds to basic commands, and I think that's why we've got to be so careful about the language we use. You know, if we spill some milk, you know, and we call ourselves a name, the subconscious is going to register that, oh, Paul equals stupid. You know, if I say yeah. something, even saying it now, Wayne, I'm just like, okay, note to subconscious, joking, but it's like, okay, well, but I've registered it, Paul. You've sent a message down, you know, like a submarine, down to the captain below that stupid attack this, that, the other, and now you want to change the order. Now, now, come on, what are you doing? Exactly, exactly. So we have to be very careful of the words we utter because the unconscious will pick that up as a command. Uh, you, If you observe people, there's something, uh, their unconscious will speak. Some people call it a Freudian slip, that something pops out without them thinking, and they're actually sending you a message what they think about themselves. I had an example of this for myself last year. I was uh, down at a surf break and on a point break, which is rocks. And it's a fairly heavy type of surf spot. If you wipe out, you either end up on the rocks or pushed under the rock shelf or something like that. So I was not in the critical zone to take off. 
there's five or six young blokes, uh, which I once was some years ago. Uh, and I grew up on this break. I know it fairly well. And there was a nice uh, suck-up. So the suck-up is where uh, the water's coming back off the rocks and it's just a sweet spot to get into the wave. But I was uh, out a bit further and sort of dropping in late to to catch the wave. And one of the young blokes came over and said, look, why don't you come and sit with us? Which is unusual for someone to be so friendly in a surf break. <laughs> and it was, it was a nice size, about four to six foot. And what came out of my mouth before I could even think or stop it, I said, oh, look, my glory days are over. And I just went whack. I mean, how's that? for preventing me from having the best, one of the best surfs of my life. It just popped out. I thought, oh, bang, bang, bang. You had to stop that one, right? And it's so simple. And you'll hear people, and this is a great one when you're listening to people, listen to what comes out after I am, like the example you used, I am stupid, I am Oh, um, and they, they may be doing it almost in jest. Uh, the old saying, there's a lot of truth in jest. And you hear what they say, I am. Bang. They've just told you about their belief system and their identity. Just as I had in that story I just shared you. Boy, do I make sure I am uh, using different words when I go get out and do a surf these days. <laughs> You know, simple thing, Wayne, like when, you know, as guys, we're having a shave. Um, and it's it's about looking in the mirror, isn't it? And say, and I do this, you know, uh, I say jokingly, but I've come to a point where, is it jokingly? I don't know. I certainly enjoy the energy and the humor with it. But I tell myself what a handsome young boy I still am. I still am. And actually, that's not a conning belief, what I call a conning belief. It's a self-belief of, you know, I actually believe it. I actually believe it because I have a choice, because it's a story I tell myself. Equally, I could tell myself something opposite, and that would only be a story. So I've got the choice of two stories. Why won't I pick one that serves me versus one that doesn't? And I put that in context even further when, when I had a 40-year alcohol addiction. And some mornings, you know, particularly when I'd been on the drink for weeks, um, literally around the clock and, you know, slept in fields and park benches and that kind of, and just kind of basically given up, you know, every now and again, I'd sort of drop in at a mate's house just to, you know, sleep on the settee or whatever. And then the next morning I'd go into the bathroom and I'd look in the mirror and I was an absolute mess. I mean, I hadn't shaven, I hadn't cleaned my teeth, I hadn't washed or whatever. But somehow I still had that wherewithal to look in the mirror and say, Wow, you're one handsome boy. I mean, the reality was I was not a handsome, pretty picture. But that somehow, and, and, and believe me, Wayne, it was the last thing I actually felt. But I had a choice. I had an awareness I have a choice. I can either tell myself that, you know, wow, you're a handsome young boy. Or I can tell myself, Paul, look at the state of you. Get a grip, boy. It's, it is for me, you know, and I know I alluded to this way in, in, in our first episode, but there is so much power in the story we tell ourselves, the words oh. we use, 
and how the energy and the physiology that we use, you, you mentioned earlier on, and I love to see this in people, I do it myself, of the gesticulation of the hands. You know, it, are the hands open? Uh, you know, that tells us a story. The physiology is so powerful in communication, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, they say that nonverbal language is the majority component of our communication. Mm. We go into a room, we're watching people speak, whether they're shrinking back, whether they're standing tall or how they present to us, and there's so many different aspects to it. If we come into a room with confidence, people will think that we're confident. So we can we can build that up and create that. And, wow, what you are saying before, the words, there's a, there was a book and you can find the an audio on YouTube somewhere, Florence Scovel Shin, your word is your wand. So rather than have the circumstances happen and then we say a negative thing or a negative story, we can flip it over and that's the tail wagging the dog. Mm. So if we flip it around and we speak the story, we speak the words, we can change the circumstances or maybe not so much change the circumstances but change the way we meet the world. So it's going to change the results we achieve. So your word is your wand, a very worthy listen. And then if we look at another component of our, our communication, our self-talk, uh, there's a gentleman in the States called Mike Dooley. He writes those thoughts from the universe. And his favourite saying is, thoughts are things. Choose the good ones. Because how often do we beat ourselves up? Like we may not speak it, but we're thinking it. And as we think it and we charge it with emotion, and that's communicating the unconscious mind, you can give us more of that and it'll serve it up. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, Wayne. So when you're dealing with your, your clients, uh, when you're interacting with your clients, have you ever had one where, and I hasten to use the word strategy, but embrace the strategy where you've actually asked or encouraged your client to sing? I I use it in a certain way. Uh, it may be a different context from what you're saying. So what, I'll explain how I use it, and then you can explain me, to me the context that you're putting it in. I use mine for pattern interrupts. Mm. So someone gets into a pattern and you watch the way they're using their hands, the way they're standing, the tone of their voice and all that sort of thing while they're telling you a negative story. Uh, say, look, I'm so hopeless and these thoughts are in my head and um, you know, it's the end of the world and all this sort of stuff. And they, and I just take note, how are they using their hand? Are they holding their head, looking down? So what I'll ask them to do is put that hand on the table and hold it down. And I'll get them to look in the other direction, and then I'll get them to um, try to tell me the story to the tune of Happy Birthday. So they've got this hand locked down. They're looking in a different direction, 
So instead of tapping into their feelings, um, they're looking up in the opposite direction. And because uh, we've we've broken the pathway for a start. And if they still can tell me the story, I ask them to sing it to the tune of Happy Birthday. And if they're still doing it, then I'll say, tap your left foot on the floor and sing the song backwards to the tune of Happy Birthday. And they, uh, uh, what? <laughs> so we just overload the conscious mind so they can't do it and we're starting to unravel the tangled web inside their head. Mm. So that's how I use the song. Okay, so you asked, you alluded to Wayne around the the context of you know um, why, why I embrace it. Uh, there's a number of reasons, and I think the first one is when when I look to communicate with people, and and even myself, there's this kind of I think no matter how kind of far along the line we think we are or how well progressed we are, we have those moments where we slip back. And yet again, I'm generalizing there, almost using the royal we. Um, but that reminder, and, and the ego steps in. And so for me, and, and generally speaking, Wayne, I've found that the feminine energy is more receptive towards making themselves look a fool. I don't care. I'm going to sing. Yeah, I'm going to kiss the mirror. I don't care. Whereas the masculine energy, yet again, massive generalization here, listeners, but it's like, no, no, no. You think I am some kind of, some kind of crazy guy kissing the mirror, singing a song. I can't sing. I can't dance. But for me, it's about getting beyond the ego. In other words, diving into the sea drive. Because for me, the ego is just the relative superficial. This is who I think I am. You alluded to it at the top of this conversation, Wayne. I am male. I am a father. I am a certain age. I am a certain colour. You know, I'm British. I'm Australian, whatever. The labels, the superficial stuff, if you will, relatively superficial stuff that's so powerful. So that's the first thing. It, it enables us to flirt with getting beyond the ego and starting to get into the C drive. What it also does for me is changes the vibrational energy. Let's have a bit of fun. Because isn't it true, Wayne, that when people, we talk with people, and it doesn't have to be in it necessarily in a professional context. You know, we could be talking to the proverbial stranger in the bus queue or, or in the bank or the supermarket or whatever, you know, and you can pick up that certain vibe. It's not about the words. But it's the energy, and you think for me, okay, well, let's have a bit of fun, and and let's let's just play with things because I think as humans we can we can we can somehow lose that ability to play that childlike curiosity. Life becomes yes. so serious. Oh, uh, Wayne, you wouldn't understand my world. You haven't got this. You haven't got that. You you wouldn't understand. And isn't it true that when we're in that kind of victim mode, at the risk of sounding judgmental, Wayne, we think, you know, we wear those dark glasses and we think that we are the only ones with problems and we are the only ones that see the world in a dark context. Well, do you know what? Let's have some fun. Let's take the dark glasses off. Let's sing and dance. Let's kiss the sun. Let's touch the moon. Let's talk a bit faster. Let's get the hands going and let's really get this show on the road and see how that changes the energy. 
How does that feel mm. better? Yeah. So it's the uh, motion changes emotion. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Touching a lot of ground today. We are indeed. And I think in many respects, you know, we're, we've only just scratched the surface, Wayne. Um, I propose we leave it there. I think we've done quite a lot there. I mean, you know, the, for me, in any conversation, I always like to sort of create a foundation that leaves people thinking, you know, rather than all the answers have been provided because, you know, you and I can have a philosophical debate till the cows come home and who's right, who's wrong, neither and both, because there is no right or wrong. There's only kind of interesting dialogue and lessons to be learned. But for our listeners, Wayne, I think it's, you know, as long as for me, we've planted a seed for them to maybe go in the seed drive and have a poke around, have a poke around in that seed drive. And maybe, just maybe, and I'm going to say, guys, and say, guys, when you're having a shave, I dare you, I dare you to kiss that mirror and tell that beautiful soul in that mirror, wow, you're some guy. You're some guy you are. That sounds pretty good, Paul. <laughs> hey, I'll leave you with one. This is a quote. I think it was Richard Bandler. Uh, he, or it could have been Jim Rowan, one of the two. And the quote is, you're not what you think you are. But what you think you are. And on that uh, curious, childlike curious note, listeners, let's call it, let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. And hmm, there's, there's further, there's further exploration in this midfields, but I'm going to sign off now and I'm going to really raise my energy and I'm going to sign off in a way that I've never, ever, ever signed up. The vibrancy and the frequency, listeners, is remember the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond?